With fire in his eyes and his weenie in a cage. Headless monsters are so we can titillate your brains. Dan, Dan, Kathy, Kathy, No, you will not distort John Williams' music. Nope. <laughs> Who's John Williams, man? Is that the guy that wrote Star Wars and stuff? You know perfectly well he, he wrote it. <laughs> Whatever. We're we're gonna have metaphor wars later, so it just started getting me into the plus I saw the Han Solo movie that I'd never because I'm in the library, I watch movies because I got lots of movies. Mm. And I watched the Han Solo one yesterday. It actually wasn't bad. You know, no. I thought it I thought it would hate it, but it was actually pretty good. You know what I watched today though that was like all dark and foreboding back onto what? Harrison Ford again. Um uh Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the new Oh, oh that was so bad. I mean okay what you didn't like it bad. I, I, I didn't really it. like it. No, I don't like that actor. The um, what's his uh, name? The guy, whatever. Yeah, yeah no, nah, it was it was a replicant. So you know, he, he couldn't. You know, <laughs> he, he didn't have to have a lot of emotional arc. You know, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Definitely, definitely followed the line of that kind of dark original Blade Runner shit. But whatever. Yeah, but that's not... still look when you're up against the original Blade Runner, nothing will ever, ever match it. So I went into it knowing that, but I still wasn't that entertained. Yeah, well, I mean, once again, I'm at the library, so maybe I'm just a <laughs> beggars know, my, can't be choosers. My bar's kind of low. My bar's <laughs> a little low, Kathy. Why don't we get into a show? Because we got some shit to do. I say we do it. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised, and if you don't like it. Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Oh, kind of weightlifting noise. Yeah, that was it. I just pulled a groin muscle. <laughs> Sitting at the library, I like it. I just pulled a groin muscle sitting at the library. Ow. Oh, wait, we didn't woo. Woo! <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording, well, Kathy's recording in front of her brand new lovely desktop and boogie. I'm laughing my ass off. Is at the library and can't yell or curse too much, so I'm very happy. <laughs> I you, <laughs> shit fucker cunt liquor pussy pussy pussy. I will pull a groin on you right now. Don't pull a groin muscle in the library. I do have to keep my stellar image because last night, Kathy, Uh-oh. in the library. Now you now remember the library is a place for crazy people. It's basically like crazy people day camp. That's kind of what the library is. So it's like crazy boogie and then all the other, you know, crazy people. And of course, there's like parents and kids and we hate kids, but whatever they're here. It's just, you know, it's a city thing. But it's just kind of funny that I thought I've always felt like kind of creepy, you know, being oh, here. Yeah. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> but last night, Kathy, I, I will have you know, uh-huh. I was the least creepy person in the library, and it was proven by me uh, getting asked by a nervous woman to walk her to her car. What? Yes. What? 
Think about that for That's a second. That's some scary shit right there. <laughs> that, that a woman has felt uncomfortable. Somebody had, uh, I guess, said you know some things. I know the dude that did it. He is he's on the spectrum schizophrenic, and uh, you know you can watch people throughout the day, like the ones that don't have meds. They're talking to the trash can all day long, and then there's the people that maybe have their meds and they start wearing off about four or five p.m. And then they start talking to people next to them that aren't really there. Um, and this guy, I guess, had done something appropriate because I'm sitting there and it's like time closing time, like 9 p.m. And this really cute young little girl who normally I would be totally thrilled to be creepy on. I'm sitting there and I see the guy walk by and she looks at him and just has that kind of ugh, look, you know, and I'm like, oh, did that fucker do something inappropriate? So, you know, I always look yeah. around and see what's going on. And sure enough, she gets up and she walks over and she, in the second she says, I, this may sound really weird. I know I'm walking this chick to their, her car. And she's like, that guy makes did some things and, and it makes me really uncomfortable. Can you walk me in your car? And I'm like, of course, sure. Kathy, it's a weird phenomenon <laughs> when the creepiest, like, I would do shit to that girl that nobody in this library would do. Uh, but, but it has to be consensual. It, yes, you may be a creep, but you're an ethical creep. That's the thing. But it was just so humorous to me because I instantly go into, like... You know, Christian minister help, like, you know, the leave room for the Holy Spirit. Like I said, okay, let's go. And what was funny is she had no game whatsoever because usually when someone's being creepy, apparently he tried to sniff her. Ah. And, uh, and, uh, and and which I would say pretty uh, unwelcome if it's unwelcome. So when somebody's being creepy and someone asks for intervention, usually it's good to diffuse the situation to not make it look like you're asking someone because it gives the person power and then they can assault you, blah, 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 blah. So you kind of act familiar with them. So when I went and got her, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in so long. How have you been doing? You know? And you know, let's, let's, let's go. Uh, and she literally just is like, do I know you? Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God damn it. So as we're walking away, I'm like, no, we just, you know, we act familiar. So it doesn't look, like it just to defeat and she's like oh 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 yeah Duh. Uh, and then she literally two seconds later is like oh i've been doing really good it's good to see i go don't try don't don't <laughs> don't try we so wait wait a minute i just gotta get this this image in my head this woman feels all creeped out and needs help getting to her car she looks around to all the people in the library and you're the best she can choose that's, that's now why. I understand what's happening at the library. <laughs> you, and I am not looking good, Kathy. There's nothing there's nothing that says, oh, well, there's a wholesome, stable, upstanding young man. Are you wearing no, your Crocs? Worse. I literally like, you know, tank top and I'm like oh, fat and oh. you know, faces and shaved, you know, but people here know me because I'm jolly and I make yeah. little jokes to people. You are jolly. And by the way, so, what the hell is up with your voice? You sound like Jack Nicholson. Do you have a cold or something? Maybe. A, I, I don't know. Do a, a Jack Nicholson throat. line. Uh, hey, little girl, you're going to buy a lemonade. You're going to buy that lemonade or you're going to go straight to hell. 
<laughs> Which, by the way, that's a Bill Hader impersonation of Jack Nicholson because I don't do a Jack Nicholson. But I he love does impersonations really... of impersonations. Those yeah, that's great. a every everything is pretty much Bill Hader. Uh, you know, my Arnold, my everything is uh, <laughs> Bill Hader. So yeah, so I walk her out. I totally act out. Don't make eye contact. Of course, in the back of my mind, I'm like, uh, uh, how can I work this to my advantage? And I'm like, shut up, devil voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I that's when the mentor you kicks in. That's right. Yeah. So I just keep the, you know, feet away. And I explained to her, you know, I said, well, you know, there's a lot of people here at varying levels of psychological stability and some people, but most of us all know the regulars that are here know that we don't want to get kicked out of the library because it's the only place we have to go. And she's like, I understand and blah, 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 and psychology and blah, blah, blah. But I kept a distance and I, you know, we got to her car and I said, is it okay if I open your door for you? She said, yes, thank you. I opened her door. We chatted for a second. I literally just turned my body completely away. She even asked me my name. I don't even think I told her my name. I'm just like, okay, well, you have a fantastic evening. Be safe. I'll be here if you have a problem. Okay. Got her in her car, walked away, and then had like 7 million creepy thoughts <laughs> about going, sure, I'll drive you somewhere safe. <laughs> but that was like, oh my God. I wasn't the creepiest person in the library. That's <laughs> so funny. Aren't you proud of me? I'm so proud of you, Boogie. <laughs> That's good. Do, how'd you do this week? I went to the 910 WeHo Yips and Muse party. It was a pet oh, party. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, that's... I mean, it's a still a new club, and it's a little odd because it's a storefront, um, and it's got this very clean look about it, and I'm used to going to dingy dungeons where it's all dark, and there's like the walls are all painted white, and there's little seating couches everywhere. Well, there's actually sufficient lighting in the front area. <laughs> it's just all like that. It is very nice and very well kept. And, you know, it wasn't that big because they're still getting, they're, they're getting back into it. And this was a brand new party. Right. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was nice. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to my Michelle's sweet sadist party to get my dom on. Well, that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, let's go back to the pet play thing. Uh, did uh -huh. you do any pet play? Did you play with any puppies or kittens? Or No. I, well, the hostess, I was pretty much there to support her because she, okay. this was her first party. And so she came up. She was a puppy and she came up and was, you know, being all cute. I mostly watched because unfortunately at this particular party, I don't know why it worked out this way. Well, actually, I I think I do know why it works out, but most were already uh, paired up, handler with pet. Oh. Because I, I can't imagine that it's normal for a someone in pet, you know, headspace to go alone. It, it, it happens, but yeah. usually they're paired up. Well, I mean, some do go as strays and they go with other strays. And so there's like a whole pack, you know, right. there's like a, a, a pack of four or five stray kittens and a pack of four or five puppies or iguanas or whatever the fuck your pet play is. And then, you know, there's people at the party that are handlers and then they just kind of play with those people. Yeah. And and it's true. I mean, the two DMs there, one of which was Papi Ramon, and they were wearing black animal control T-shirts, which was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> they were all messing with the, the kitties and the puppies and throwing things at them and got a lot of snarling and hissing. It was it was fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed myself. A couple of times people came up to me and I said, you're just sitting here all alone. I'm all, oh, no, I'm having a good time. This is absolutely hilarious. 
Well, no, what was just the best about that is you got to be out. Yes, I have to get out. I And I have had a couple of flirty encounters in the last month or so with, the, you know, people outside. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh-huh. Does that mean I still got it? I think I still got it. Is Kathy working her fucking game? Well, it's just that I I don't know, Boogie. I don't know what it is when, when you break up with someone. Maybe you give off the I'm open pheromones. <laughs> I don't know. You, something happens. and This hole is open for business. <laughs> I, need to, I need that T-shirt. It's fun. You know, it's nice to feel a, attractive or that someone finds you attractive. So... It's been nice. Who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. These are all good things compared to what you were like a few weeks ago. This is this is a market improvement. Yeah. And who knows what the uh, what the tide's going to wash in on the My Michelle party. That's going to be fun because I did meet somebody at the uh, Yips and Muse party that is also a submissive. And he said, so are you going to be at Michelle's party? I'm all, yes, I am. And he goes, ooh, I'll see you there. I'm all, oh, well, I'm not going to say this out loud, but I would love to beat the crap out of your your balls. That would be really nice. But I kept that dialogue in my head. <laughs> you just had to go not creepy like me, huh? <laughs> yeah. So let's not, don't scare the noobs, okay? And this guy was definitely <laughs> new. Of course, now we're both rubbing our hands. Fed <laughs> 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 life is a funky, kooky, nutty, kinky place with no shortage of cockshot avatars and chicks with cum all over their face. Yeah, and they got groups and events and shit like that if you're interested. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has given us permission to do so, and especially this time because we have our good friend path girl oh this is are, gonna be a good one gonna be a good one i've been holding on to this one for a while because it was actually right after i uh creative explorer broke up with me and i thought yeah i can't read this shit now i i have to read this very powerful post when i'm feeling a lot better and i thought huh that's feeling pretty good right now i think we're gonna give this one a shot so well played Catherine. well played. <laughs> so path girl wrote a post called on taking back my power this is quite a long post i hated breaking this one up so if you have a chance go to our fat life group called perverted podcast and at the top of the sticky i have a, all the things posted on there that you can read for yourself path girl writes The power exchange between my dominant and I is a crucial part of me staying sane and balanced in my vanilla life. I give that power willingly and freely to the dominants I have had who have earned my trust and respect. But there have been times when I've had to take that power back and it was absolutely heartbreaking. These were some of the hardest decisions I have ever had to make. I tell every man who I get into a relationship with that I need to be a priority in their life. Not top priority, not first priority, but a priority. I understand that life, work, and family can get in the way of a relationship, but if I am not worth a 10-second text message to say, hey, today was bad, I'll talk to you tomorrow, and I love you, then I'm not the girl for you. I am not afraid to be on my own until I find a dominant who understands why a power exchange is so crucial to me in a relationship and is deserving of the offering I am giving him as I am deserving of the honor of being his submissive. There will come a day where I find another man to choose as my dominant and me as his submissive will gladly surrender to that power to him fully and completely, but only when he is willing to honor the power I have given to him 
and only when he has earned it. <sighs> bravo. Bravo. Uh, bravo. Yes. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, that, is, that is that a masculine feminine that you say oh, bravo yeah. to men and bravo to women? Exactly. But bravo, the male uh, uh, tense on, in any Spanish thing is also used to mean uh, when there's a group of male and female. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's all about the dick. That's right. Of course it's all about the dick. Stupid well, men. I do have a pretty, <laughs> I do have a pretty amazing uh, patriarchal penis. <laughs> that's, I'm just going to look down and say, would you like to worship my patriarch? My pa- oh, what, my I would say, God. would you like what? to worship my patriarchy? That's my little patriarchy down there, aren't you? No, don't talk like that about your penis. Don't use a baby voice to talk to your penis, okay? Well, it's not like it's the biggest thing in the world, Kathy. You know, still, that's just so wrong. (laughs) I can't even count how many ways that's wrong. (laughs) Who's my? I'll I'll name it Arky. It's okay. That I'm going to unplug my mic right now and my headphones if you keep this up. I'm going to whack Arky on the table here in the library. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. That would probably not be a good idea. This post, well, like I said, I was on the phone multiple times with Path Girl during uh, one of these recent uh, breakups. And so I got a lot of the inside scoop and, and her process. And, and you know, just like you, it's, it, it's a process. You have to go through it. You have to kind of de-romanticize the power exchange and then realize that you always had power. Does that make sense? That when we, yeah. this is where I started making jokes about metaphor wars, because something that that's really, and I don't want to get too far into the tangent away from that, but I think it's really important to point out a lot of times when we're trying to recover or we're trying to find somebody just like last week with scarcity mindset or whatever, that a lot of times we use these phrases and these phrases stick in our heads and they kill our options. And power exchange is one of those uh, metaphors. Is it called a metaphor or an analogy? Uh, I don't think it's called either. Frankly, (laughs) It's not. Well, what you're talking Well, then, God damn it. Go on, Boogie. <laughs> Fuck me. Well, I thought power exchange was a metaphor for the type of dynamic. God damn it. Never mind. Whatever the no. fuck it's called. <laughs> Whatever. Go on with your. Well, because when people say power exchange, I mean, what? You're like, all of a sudden you plug in some magical plug to somebody and then you give them all of your power. Is that what's happening here? Because if that's that's not a metaphor. The plug is. Okay. So, well, okay. Never mind. <laughs> then it is metaphor. Fuck off. So, because that's kind of, I think, I know what I think when I hear power exchange, it's like me give you power. Do you give up your power? Well. Or do you just give up some of the decision-making responsibility and put your energy and efforts into the higher calling or needs of the other person right are you actually asking me or is this rhetorical well i mean it's kind of both oh well that can't be both make up your mind man well, it's it's rhetorical but then you like jump in oh okay i'm gonna ignore the fact that this is rhetorical and i'm gonna answer your question <laughs> that's good kathy i like that you're powerful <laughs> and aggressive in giving your opinions go ahead i like to so, hear you 
power, gee, thanks. Uh, power exchange uh, is not equal. It's balanced. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people maybe don't understand about uh, power exchanges, whether they're 24-7 or not. What you get from giving up your power, I would certainly hope if you're a submissive, you're getting, you're receiving a tremendous amount in return. But it takes a great deal of time and effort to find a good dominant. And by good dominant, I don't mean good across the board. I mean just one that suits you. Every dominant is different. Every submissive is different. But that takes that takes time. And you learn things as you go. You can have an absolutely great temporary play partner who's a dominant. But as you get deeper into any relationship, you start to give more of your trust and respect and things change because that's when you find out what your true goals are. And at that point, when you get deeper, they may not align too well. And so to give some, I'm, I'm simply, I'm going to give you my perspective. I don't give, and I don't know a lot of submissives who do, give that power away easily. Me in particular, I have a tremendous fear I, of being used and being hurt. I don't even like raised voices against me. It just harms me tremendously. The little things that everybody who's my, who I'm going to submit to wholly have to figure out about me, I'm amazed anybody ever even wants to because I have all kinds of little things that make it that you have to almost jump through hoops and it seems counterintuitive. He's a dominant. You're just supposed to give up. No, it doesn't work that way. And it happens slowly and methodically. I will... I will allow you to do this and I will allow us to go this and I will allow you to call me this. And each time that we do it and I can see your integrity and I can see your respect for me and I can see how much, how important I am to you, how important my well-being is to you, I will let a little bit more out. And, and it's not about being perfect. I, it's, all, it's about how you handle yourself also when things slip sideways. Do you do it the right way? Do you apologize or try and come to some understanding of what happened? Hold me to something if I'm not seeing something. Little bit at a time. And as you go, you start getting deeper into the power exchange, possibly doing things that you won't do with anyone else because that person has earned your respect. But I got to tell you, at some point in that relationship, it's likely that you will get to a point where that you're you're stopping here. Here's the line. I won't go any further. Or there's the line. They're not going to go any further. And by then you're already invested. So when I read this post by Path Girl, I thought I totally understand that because in order to get deeper into a power exchange, you have to let them see more of you. You have to be more vulnerable. And the odds that you're going to be able to continue down this path aren't great. They're there, but at some point, someone will draw the line. And I've noticed this a lot. I Honestly, I just don't know too many couples that are in a power exchange that have lasted a long time. They, they usually will last a few years. And in looking at them, and this is before this happened to me, in watching them, I started to have this very strange deduction that I would do when I realized, when I would talk to people, especially when we were still at threshold and I would notice this weird thing that was happening that, that the more you had to be vulnerable and the more, the closer you became, the more of your true goals started to come out. And there, and there came a point where uh, I can't go any further because 
uh, now at this level, we're simply not that aligned in our goals. See, I've noticed a lot of that too. And this is where I very poorly talk about the definition of power and what that means. Because I think what you describe is one person giving somebody their energy and the other person validating that energy uh, back. And by energy, I mean actions. Because I'm I'm trying to get away from wordplay because we do a lot of wordplay. And I'm like, what's physiologically happening in a power exchange? What's psychologically happening in this quote-unquote power exchange? You are giving your energy and focus. You are giving permission for this other person to have some sort of authority in your life. Uh, If it's 24-7, it's obviously a lot more. And once again, we've talked a lot about there's limits to that, you know, it can go everywhere, anywhere from just when you're here in my place, I will tell you what to do and where to kneel and how to be and choose what we eat for dinner and blah, blah, blah. And it goes all the way up to people handling the other person's finances and making decisions uh, that are much more significant uh, in their external life as well. But I'm trying to, because it's so devastating when it ends, right? that's where I'm trying to figure out what this power is. Because when, when I look at a quote-unquote power exchange, what I see from the bottom is that they're seeking more grounding than an exchange of actual power. Because I don't think it kind of gives that assumption that when you give someone power, then you don't have any power because you're giving that to somebody. Whereas in when you're grounding someone, it's like the submissive still has all of the power and energy to be of service, to do great things, to become a better person, to uh, achieve great things. But the dominant is the one that keeps your energy focused on the goals to best utilize your power. Huh? Yeah. That's what you're describing is more of what you do, which is mentoring and helping and guiding. Uh, I don't have a great deal of experience with that kind of dominance. I don't know that I really like it. There's an independent part of me that I know, I know better than anybody what I need to do and where I need to go. Right. And I, that's that, that's not the kind of, of submissive I am. And I don't know that I would ever want to become, I don't know that I would ever see eye to eye with somebody so well that I would allow them to direct the course of my life. Right. That's, that's a hard one for me. But a lot of people, when they talk about being a slave or a submissive, they're giving a lot of, a lot of that power of attorney over kind of yeah. the, the decisions that they give. Yeah, absolutely. It's not what I I like, but I do know people who... It is, oh my God, I don't even know how to describe it. It is what they live for, to become enveloped by the life of another human being, to to subsume everything that you are for in favor of their desires and their goals and everything that they want out of life, from where you want to live to um, what direction your life is going to take to this, these are going to be our goals. I, I absolutely, I intellectually, I understand that there are people who, who like that. Um, it's very much outside of, 
of anything that I've ever wanted or would would ever want. So I I, I can't speak to that kind of of dominance. Yeah. So that that's that would be on what we'll call the extreme, and then everyone falls kind of in their place. Where I'm kind of going with my points in the study that I did into power exchange and is to really understand that when that relationship ends, there are a lot of places in the meantime, while you're looking for your next quote unquote uh, power exchange, soulmate, whatever you think, that there are a lot of things that can ground you and keep your power focused. There are a lot of things, uh, you know, you can get validation and grounding at a job that you enjoy doing that that has a good mission statement or volunteering service, um, your relationships with your friends, family, if you're close with your family, um, other acts of service. All of those things are things that kind of ground your power, that keep it focused. I get what you're saying. It does sound like it makes it would make sense if you can't direct that whatever need you have to be of service toward another human being, at least in the meantime, it'll give you some uh, peace of mind to direct that energy elsewhere. I understand that. And possibly there are people out there who would get something out of it because their sense of service is so strong. And unfortunately for me, that doesn't make one damn bit of difference with what recently happened because I bonded so strong with another human being that it was... It was just not possible. What what I get out of submission is 100% wrapped up in that person. I I tried doing that with uh, my past girlfriend. We were together. We did get to a certain level, but it never took off beyond that level. And it had 100% to do with her. I'm, I'm almost kind of chameleon-like when it comes to dominance because there are certain... Definitely, there are certain elements that have to be uh, are there across the board for every dominant. But I like all kinds. I like all kinds of different play, different submission styles. Um, I can I can try almost everything. Uh, you're going to get a lot further with me if you let me brat out. <laughs> right. But uh, so there are certain things that that you know I'm going to bond with you more if you let me do them. But. Um, yeah, I don't know that that would work for me, but I I know that it would work for a lot of people. Well, I think in in general, it's not going to work in the moment because you have a physical addiction to another human being, and that has to work itself through. That's just physiology. You have an oxytocin, all of whatever those neurotransmitters are all firing and triggered by that relationship, and it's you know, and that that. There's no amount of, uh, you know, chewing bubble gum and and uh, juggling that's going to stop that until it works itself out. Yeah. But those other activities, in the meantime, they they do help you not re-trigger, right? As much, you know, being of service, getting out of yourself, go, uh, you know, being a part of someone else. Like for you, doing the show gave you little moments, at least an hour out of that day yeah, that you could, you know, not be focused on re-triggering that physical aspect of, of mourning over that relationship. So I don't know. I think I did a poor job of, uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about what is power and the fact that you are always powerful 
no matter what relationship you're in, how the dynamic is set up, what your protocols, how in love you are, how devastated you are. You, you're a human being and you have power at all times. Right. It's just whether or not you can access the parts of your brain that motivate you to use your power to that potential when you're suffering from a loss of a relationship. Yeah. It's that's it's almost impossible to do at least in my perspective. Even when I broke up with my girlfriend, it was let's just go underground and wait until <laughs> this overwhelming misery goes away and then I might be able to you know, get my head together, but un- until that happens, uh just <laughs> don't don't buy. I even told my friend Whip Paddle just Give me a few months, you know. I'm I'm no good to you now. I'm just going to cry the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> You've done pretty good. You've done I've done okay. There are things that have come to my rescue. I really wasn't going to go into great detail about this, but um, what do you think? Do you think we have time to go into little detail about what I've been doing? Yeah, I mean, okay. go ahead because we're not going to jump to uh, okay anything else. Uh, we're done after this. Um, I'm in therapy now. I found a therapist I think I like, and I'm starting to address some of the very, very underlying foundational issues that got me to where I am. I have a chronically low self-esteem that just is constantly there like a, you know, thin veil underneath everything else that just never goes away. And um, I I tend to, my attachment style isn't great. It's, I don't, it's totally anxious preoccupied is what it's called. And, um, I got all kinds of issues that, um, I, I need to work on. And, uh, to be honest, creative explorer and I have been talking because he's going through his own issues and is also in, in therapy as well. And is having to, and is having to address the trauma of his childhood Right. And the and it's quite severe. I I never gone over he's he's never he's never really told me I can't talk about it, but I will most definitely would not go into details, but it's it's a pretty bad upbringing uh filled with abuse and um and it has made him the man he is today and he has realized that um this kind of life is no longer tenable, so he needs to get into some deep therapy which he's in right now and he is going through tremendous anxiety and panic attacks and um, emotional overload to the point where he, he can't stop crying and he'll just pass out from the fatigue of it for sleep for like 10, 12 hours. And it's heartbreaking to watch. And I, we have kept a, we're helping each other as friends and we've kept a, a good distance from each other but come together when when we help each other out through what we're going through and just keeping it friendship wise but each of us taking care of our own issues well <laughs> i know it's a lot he also he and to add another little bit he he also decided not to move forward with his other the, the other woman right because he's too much of a mess and too much of it's just all over the place well once again my defenses go straight up hearing this but that's those are my defenses not your defenses so yeah, um, i mean I've, i'm what what you just went through right now i am encountering with pretty much anyone who cares about me i'm internally grateful for it 
Right. I understand it because I have been on the other end where you are. I have watched friends make mistakes and I have watched friends do what I think is wrong and it ended up turning out well. And the bottom line is there is absolutely no way that I can convey to everybody the enormity of what has happened because we would be here for hours. Yeah, no, no, no. And in the end, unfortunately, for those who love me, they have to sit by and, and... and respect that I'm doing what I need to do for myself. Kathy, and that's that's why I say I, I can I can say what I think. You already know what I think. We've, sure. we've talked yeah. plenty about that and but you are an adult and you know Kathy's experiences, no matter how much you've told me about the situation over these years, I still only have a fraction. Right. Of what your actual right. experience is. So I just have have to say um, that I'm here for you, however it works out. Yeah, I'm, my, my, my goal right now is to work on myself. I have, I'm very unhappy with what I've discovered about myself. Right. And, I, and, and, and when I say discovered, even though none of what I've learned has really come as a shock to me, but to understand how it all has pulled together into kind of a blueprint for why I've done everything the way I've done it in my life is it's not easy to see and it's not easy to admit because I feel like I am drowning under the weight of all these things I have to fix about myself but there is no other direction for me to go but move forward and I that's what motivated me to finally seek counseling and um and start to work on that because as I am deeply unhappy with the daily living of my life and this has to stop. Well, God damn it. Catharan. Yes. We're just going to keep hoping for the best. And yes. thank you so much to path girl for uh, a post about your own pain and journey that has spawned, a, a, I think a really solid discussion. Not so much on my half. <laughs> But, oh please! <laughs> but I think we came up with some good points, and uh, it was good stuff. I'm a cross-dressing damsel in distress. Ooh. Get me out of this rope before it fucks up my dress. I wiggle and I cry to get out of here, but but I look kind of hot as I stare in the mirror. Oh, I look so good. So very sexy. So terribly pretty. I totally fuck me. Headley? Oh, yes. Oh. What is your favorite childhood breakfast cereal? Let's see. Lucky Charms by far with all the different uh, <laughs> turquoise uh, diamonds and the, uh, the uh, purple... Uh, Hearts and uh, green clovers like and yeah, blue moons. <laughs> green clovers, yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is I literally just thought of that and I said, I bet he's going to say Lucky Charms because it's just all the things that makes yeah. perfect sense. It is the only thing about Headley that I would ever in my life be able to say was predictable. Yeah. Every. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I, I'm definitely um, snorting it up today for sure, and uh, I, I squealed with absolute delight uh, hearing the, the the new reference. Uh, 
because uh, yeah, I was a was a pay pig for a while for um, some various mistresses that, that weren't even you know they were uh, pseudonym uh, kind of vampires on the the web that were just in it for the money and stuff like that, and they weren't even women, I don't think. So, but, but it was kind of <laughs> interesting. You were a, you were a pay pig for. For some alien creature. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was, I was just telling uh, Olivia that, like, in about a year later, they sent back mess, uh, like, pictures that I had taken of myself. <laughs> um, they returned and, and your they, pictures. They used it as like kind of a ransom. They're like, oh, give us, a, you know, two thousand dollars, and we will make sure that these photos never see the light of day at all. <laughs> oh my god! Gotta think. Yeah. Oh my so god! Yeah, Player a... beware! This is yes. this is definitely yes. <laughs> and we haven't even really talked uh, very much about the whole pay pig thing. We talked. We've talked a little bit, bit about financial domination on the show. By the way. Just yes. to get our listeners up to speed, hello Headley, you are our glorious show sponsor. Well, uh, I tell you, I'm honored and delighted. Anything I could do, I'm just there to serve any way I can because uh, you, those Kathy and Boogie bring me such delight. What a what a wonderful thing to have you. For those that don't know, and who cannot know, if you've listened to more than one or two shows in the last couple of years, you know that Headley is not only our our glorious show sponsor, but our delightful pet piggy. And we love him uh, so much. And he is a treat. We've had so many emails of people asking for you to come back. Um, because, of course, you are... Uh, I, before, I used to refer to you as Willy Wonka, but you really are more the Mad Hatter. Oh, yeah. This is wonderful. Uh, you know, with lots of mercury uh, on the, along the rim. You just... <laughs> Yes, indeed. There there is no spectrum. Like, I'm on the spectrum of so many things. Kathy's on the spectrum. There's so many things. Headley, I don't think you even have a spectrum. I don't even think there is a a way to describe you other than uh, so much fun to have you on the show. And today, so many people have been asking about you giving your thoughts, opinions, and some instructions on tea service and I am super excited to start digging into that. Oh my goodness! Let's endeavor into the the divine canvas that unfolds like uh, like a doily uh, on a midnight cloth. Oh, teasers! <laughs> well, well, we couldn't find someone that was more passionate about the topic than you. So let's start right in. If you're going to give a, a short definition of what tea service is. Why don't you give us that, and then we'll dig into the other stuff. Well, it's it's just an offer of humanity. Just bring forth a, a um, infusion of the heart, and 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 bringing the the intellect to new heights, and just all the posturing and characteristics of tea being pulled into little vessels in the same fashion that we're exchanging words and wisdom we're filling each other's cups up to overflowing and it's just so so exciting that way (laughs) so basically if i'm going to translate that would be the art the expression the service the dynamic of somebody being served and somebody like you who is passionate about creating that environment of service in regards to tea and desserts. 
Oh, most definitely. Yeah, tea service. I, in fact, yeah, recently I got a, a, an uh, an omelette a pan, and it makes perfect omelettes every time. You, you can roll them up, and then you can cut them into little sections, put a toothpick through them, and they make really wonderful hors d'oeuvres. I think the majority of the world drinks tea over coffee because, of course, there's the entire giant Asian community of tea, tea service, and all of those rituals and protocols that some of them are thousands of years old. My origins are like more in the kind of Zen Japanese style of uh, uh, tea, but more from like the philosophical approach of uh, wabi-sabi, which is this uh, wabi would be like the aspect of like our inner lives and the sabi would be the aspect of like the material world and so like uh when these two are brought together you know and and like the the humbleness like when you enter into a tea hut the door is always really low and you know as a a person who's really into pet play i love crawling around on the ground and going into little uh cavernous spaces and such and so um yeah and they they would have like a little um, a, a scroll, and the scroll would have a calligraphy, and they would have like a different theme for the season, and uh, and it's really interesting because they honor the interdependence dynamics of all the different uh, like the cup. They, they say where the cup was made, and who is the person who put it in the kiln, and where the tea leaves came from, and where the uh, you know, who the person that carried the water up the hill to put into the kettle, uh, you know, oh, wow. it, it's like honoring all the different um, aspects that were came together just for that one uh, ceremonial sip of tea. And so uh, I, I love that Eastern notion, but like the Western uh, falotion. <laughs> 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 we're we're following you we are following you we knew this was going to be a great ride that is absolutely i i really enjoy the idea of celebrating all aspects that go into the one cup of tea um because it it, it definitely brings almost an entire community aspect of creating that service kind of like how, you know, sometimes we just ignore the fact that there are so many things just to go into the food that we eat, uh, the electricity that we're provided, the water that comes in. And sometimes we just, uh, kind of gloss over the fact that there were, there are so many people involved in human society and how we function together. So that, when you share it in, in that way, obviously really connects uh, on a social level. Um, let's go into the service it, itself uh, in the act, the ceremony. So as the person that is giving the service or a part of all of the aspects of that service, what do you feel for Headley? What are you trying to receive from that or what do you receive from that um it, it's uh, it, it comes from a place of like devotion to and respect for the other and and kind of understanding that i am a character with many many flaws and in presenting myself a lot of these 
things are exposed. And so uh, to um, even be in the presence of somebody is, is a little bit embarrassing. So it brings a little um, glow to the cheek that's kind of um, its own, uh, you know, just becoming vulnerable. And that vulnerability is uh, it's kind of uh, intimate but passionate because, uh, you know, there's so many things uh, proper ways uh, for etiquette. And so any number of things could go wrong. You know, you could <laughs> completely fumble a scone. You could uh, kind of spill the tea while pouring and just have it end up like more in the saucer than the cup. Um, you know, uh, you, you could, you know, um, try to prepare the food, but the taste isn't quite right, but you don't have time to remedy it. So it, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of uh, tension involved. Because, like, there's a heightened sense of wanting to please somebody, but the impossible task of doing that. Um, oh, here, um, you, uh -oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand the microphone over to oh, um, no, someone. Uh, she, she, she gave me a blowjob so hard recently that it, 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 I have like, a big bruise on my penis. And so oh, here, here she is. Here, no, here. That's very private. Oh, that's very private. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, hold on. <laughs> Yeah, you, can, you can say hello. Here, hold on. She'll, she'll be right there. <laughs> you, you Fucking Hadley. Right? This is all staying. Hello. Why hello there? How would you Hi. like to be referred to She's my on Andrew. our lovely show? Olivia. 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 It's, it's absolutely charming uh, to meet Hi. you, Hadley has you. said. Headley has said many things about you. Um, like, uh-oh. <laughs> yes, no, the, all, all good. All, all the things have been very good. Have you had a chance? Now, Headley and I are talking about tea service. Has, mm -hmm. um, have you and Headley done any tea service type of ceremonies? Well, I, have, um, I have been involved with tea for many, many years. I feel it's very healing, and it's, a very, uh, it's like medicine. And I use it to heal other people. So, um, yeah, that's how I give to others by giving them a certain type of tea that they need to heal a certain part of their body. Yeah, I had, I had for instance, I had trouble with premature ejaculation, and Dung so quai. she she got some dung kwai, and then we dipped my wick in there, and it actually uh, allowed me to. Uh, prolong the the uh, sensation like I was able to stay longer without it. So you stuck uh, Hedley's oh, wait, dick into tea. It's called dung kwai. Dung kwai. Mm -hmm, Chinese herb. Okay, and, it, and that uh, is good for prolonging uh, ejaculation. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wonderful. Total yeah. impromptu uh, entrance. Uh, yes, into the you? segment now. Then Olivia, are you still? Can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, are when you uh. bring people <laughs> when you bring people uh, tea? Are you? Uh, do you serve and are also served as well? No, I I like to serve. Other than I don't like to be served. I like to serve. I get um I get a lot of a lot of um, fulfillment by serving rather than getting back like Headley in that regard absolutely okay 
We're, we're competing submissives. <laughs> we're competing submissives. All right. Well, thank you, Olivia. It was okay, wonderful to hear you. your nice input. talking to you. It here's was wonderful more. talking to you. Well, here's, uh, Headley. Give me Headley back. Fantastic job on the blow job. Sorry, I just <laughs> handed over the bike there. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew going into this, and our listeners probably knew, that we were just going to allow this experience to unfold, <laughs> and you have not disappointed. I am so happy that we now have a, a type of tea that helps... Um, extend uh your ejaculation from occurring yes um, oh that, that, that's, that's very good we'll have yeah, to put like, that in a link somewhere okay now let's get back to the ceremony it was actually very good to hear uh olivia's uh input on on her aspect of what tea service uh means to her so i thought that was very good now if we're going to create this environment let's set let's set a stage here for something you would do in tea service because you've talked about omelets and scones and, and little things and certain things. But why don't you go ahead and and briefly set a table with me before you bring in before you bring in the person you are going to serve? What is that room going to look like? Oh, well, um, I, I like to use a combination of wooden chains, which I'm wearing right now. They work really great as uh, leashes. And you can take like a little clip and wrap it around so they go... Uh, right around your neck or right around the handle of uh, a teapot and um they're all like hand carved and everything and you can you can get them on ebay pretty pretty easily and um then they have these three tiered wooden serving trays which are really great for um placing the uh, uh, teapot upon and then uh you can have the the plate with the doily garnishes and sandwiches underneath uh the doilies and the garnish because the sandwiches go so quickly, they add a sense of fullness because you always want a sense of abundance on the plate. And then that way, you know, the servers are able to, you know, uh, run back to the kitchen and, you know, kind of gather things uh, together in order to fill the plates so that there's a constant stream of, uh, of delights being uh, offered to the guests. So and you never so want to lack... You never want to dip in the system where you're the person that you're serving is longing for anything. Yes, which, if which possible. Is, yeah, which it was often the the, the the tension that kind of builds up and everything. You know, it's like okay, if, what what happens if you know we eat too many sandwiches all at once and everything like that, and then they don't have enough bread in the kitchen, and you know, so it it uh, <laughs> it creates all kinds of interesting uh, scenarios that um, are, so, are unexpected. So you have to prepare as best so possible. what you're trying to do is just create enough of the thing so if you're going to choose what your menu is say you're going to have some small sandwiches whatever sandwich that is that that you're good at making and uh, cut the crusts off and make like nice little things cream put them on cheese a plate is everything huh cheeses <laughs> cream cheese. cheese cream cheese you use it for everything you put like sun-dried tomatoes in it uh, to put on like rye bread um, you mix the cream cheese with mint and you, uh, with the cucumbers and you put that on the white bread. And then like for uh, chicken tarragon, you put that on like a wheat bread. And um, so, yeah, each each of the different spreads go with the different breads. So and, you will choose your then, menu. Oh, yeah. You will choose whatever your menu is. And then you'll have like your little sandwiches. And then do you cut up some fruits or... Uh, fruits and vegetables to just as a garnish or do you have like a separate dessert tray oh uh 
yeah, the, it, it's it's nice to have um, you know the, the the sweets on a sweet plate because sometimes people you know uh, are ex- savory exclusive and other people are just like you know uh, let me get to the the, the pedifors and you know have a nice little bite of a miniature cake or um, you know a sweet little a malt ball uh, or what, 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 what oftentimes is fun to do is to make a garland of um, marshmallows and graham crackers and chocolate. And then you can take a candle and sh- make a little uh, s'mores necklace and you could sit there and, you know, uh, eat the drippings and, or, you know, offer, offer your, you know, if, if, you're, if you're naked and you do that, it's, it's kind of a sensual uh, experience. Okay, so good. Let's go. So we're, before we get into the into the actual dress wear of the server um let's just let's just finish up so with tea would you usually have one or two different types of tea or do you just say today is going to be uh you know a green tea ceremony oh yeah um the the host can set their own menu and everything like that but sometimes it's good to have a variety because like especially these days you know some people are like lactose intolerant so you have to have like some oat milk on the ready or um uh, and and there's various uh teas like there's nice herbal tisane uh which infuses longer and has a nice robust fruity taste uh, and some people prefer to have it strained on the spot so you can have like these little strainers that are in a little glass cup and you put those on the rim of the uh, cup before you pour. Okay, so now we have a menu, we have some things. Let's um let's go to the sexual versus non-sexual or you know, titillation, teasing, whatever. Yes. Um you prefer to be Dressed how? You prefer to be naked on a leash? Um, well, I have kind of a bit of a skin condition and everything, so uh, I, 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 I'm most unsightly in my naked form. Uh, however, um, I, I do... Uh, you and me both, I, sweetheart. I, I, I do aspire to that. You know, if I got a little more sunshine, I'd need a little bit of a psoriasis. Or, uh, it's not the, the, the greatest thing in the universe, but it, it's all wonderful. Everything... All of our hidden pains are actually like a blessing. And so, uh, you know, it's just a matter of being open, whatever we're most comfortable with, or sometimes even to put ourselves in a bit of discomfort to challenge ourselves. Uh, so, yeah, attire can be the full range. You know, if you're in puppy mode, you can, you know, get your full on uh, 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 leash and furs, uh, furry outfits on and, and have a good time. Uh, yeah, and anything's possible. So now um, you have the menu, you have the person or persons that you're going to be of service, you have your attire, and then it's pretty much, is it is it just all at one time? You set the table and then they sit down, or is it just you bring it out in, like, courses? Uh, yeah, usually um, I like to just... Um offer like the tea first, have everything set out where they uh, sit down, they make themselves uh, comfortable, they discuss things. Usually uh, in like a uh, clothed female naked man situation, like they prefer the men to be silent until addressed directly or if, if, you know, they they don't want the idle chit-chat and stuff like that with the men because it distracts the women from their 
in, enjoying each other's company. So in, the, in those kind of scenarios, usually you would be just there entirely in the service of the, the, the women. And so they'll be pretty much speak in your, unless you're spoken to. Yeah. All right. But in other types of tea service, it's it can be more interactive where the person is validating uh, the server. Thank you very much. This is very good. Your service is good. So it does, it's not always um, in a position of, you know, somber, stoic, silent service. Sometimes it's it can actually be very validating. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's you know it totally just depends on you know the oh, the host and the, the guests and how that uh, dynamic uh, just uh, unfolds. And then of course uh, there is the the sexual aspects of tea service. I don't know uh, I don't know all of your experiences um, where the the people that are being served also will play and poke and grab and prod and butt plug and and things the people obviously you want to wash hands and <laughs> you. yeah no <laughs> finger headley's ass yeah, and then you know, grab a cucumber sandwich salad. probably not the best order of yeah. uh, of play but like little swats yeah. and things like yeah. that olive oil makes really good uh, lubricant and <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's it's amazing actually. Um, I went from a Dionysian castration kind of inclinations uh, that were kind of, uh, but as of the last uh, maybe six, seven, or eight months, it's been completely. Uh, I've been more on the indulgent spectrum, which I I'd, I'd never expected for myself. So uh, indulgent I, I, house. So this, is that like when uh, I, you're getting just, sexualized? Um, yeah, well, before it used to be very much like um, a repression as its own form of uh, gratification, and just like the not happening was the the greater delight. But um, recently, you know, uh, uh, I have a partner where we actually engage in things, and uh, it's kind of a it's been rather delightful in an unexpected way. <laughs> it hasn't sucked, is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> Not a bad... You know, you could... And that... I think what we're trying to establish here uh, for the Perverted Podcast listeners is tea service can be so many different things, and but in general, you just need a server and a recipient and a desire for the recipient to be taken care of mm -hmm. yes and if you start at that base the the creativity i mean this can even be as simple you can make it as much ritual and protocol as your creative mind can take and obviously headley you have a, a hundred thousand ideas including the history of those protocols which you have shared some of those with us but it can be literally just as simple as putting out a little cake for your partner and yes. bringing them tea, encouraging them to relax, to sit, read a book and whatever. And you just bring them things and take care of them and, and allow them to just be oh. at peace in that moment. Wow. Well put. Yeah. Just, just as you were saying that, like uh, Olivia just uh, put like a big swath of like, Rose oil underneath my nose. <laughs> I, <got a> little, 
<laughs> so yeah, it, it could be as, as simple as those offerings, and and uh, sometimes yeah, f- aromatherapy, fragrance, uh, anything. Oh sure, anything. sure, yes. and candles, and, and air. I mean, it's really that relaxation into the sensations, and and even um, as more of the daddy dynamic. Um, the daddy dynamic, even though I'm technically the daddy and I'm in charge, there is such an incredible aspect of service that when I'm making pancakes or something and, you know, we would wake up when it was with Bunny and Mew and whatever guests that we had and the girls would all be at the table and they'd be able to just engage in their happy fun talk. with each other and then pancakes and bacon just appeared in front of them and 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 it made them happy Mm, yeah definitely it it just made them happy so uh, it doesn't matter whether you're the dominant the submissive whatever there is just something about making your partner happy and feel that you care enough about them to take care of them um, whether it's, you know, the dominant giving aftercare or whatever, there are so many different ways. Just explore those things with your partners. And I think you will tremendously enhance your relationships. Mm, absolutely. Well said, Boogie. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You just, uh, expressed it very, um, joyfully and just, uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Headley, you are an encyclopedia of amazingness. And the uh, the entrance of Olivia and the excitement of the blowjob hard enough to bruise your penis <laughs> gave me joy, yeah. Headley. Because <laughs> I had no idea where this segment was going to go. And I think at the end of it, we... We uh, we came up with some uh, good ideas. So Headley, thank you as always. Thank you obviously for your support, uh, being our show sponsor, our glorious pay pig. Um, our you're just a such a f- fun fucking person to talk to. God damn it! Episode of pop everywhere, overflowing like a fountain of <laughs> soda. <laughs> Headley, hopefully we will uh, be speaking with you very soon. This has been a lot of fun segment. Yeah. And uh, do you have any final parting words to the perverted podcast audience who loves you so much? Let's see. Roll your eyes to the back of your head and reach to the skies. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what to say. (laughs) That was perfect. (laughs) Yeah. You sound like a dying chicken. <laughs> the last, the rooster last croak of the rooster. All right. That is the end of show 321. Thank you to all of you who support us by listening to our show, pimping us out to your friends, tagging us on FetLife, or supporting us on Patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us for any reason, and please do so, because I got nothing to discuss. I got none of you asking for what. You know what, Boogie? Nobody's asking us for advice because we've done such a damn fine job of getting people our advice that now they got nothing left to ask for. Everyone's cured. We've cured <laughs> the entire world. That 
just sounds so unrealistic. I know. <laughs> and like such a pipe dream that I think it's just they're just in a phase where they just don't have anything to ask. Hey, make up some shit. I don't know. I love it when people make up shit. Or just ask. It doesn't have to be a personal question. It could be just something that you've been wondering about. Or even if you have a question about me and Boogie and our crazy lives. Although, you know, why... uh, pay for the milk if, if they get it for free. I mean, we pers- basically just disgorge everything that's on our minds all the time. What could they possibly ask us at this point? The kids are creative and I look forward to continuing this magic fucking pony ride with our wonderful listeners, our patrons, and of course our glorious show sponsor slash pay piggy, Headley. Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this fantastic show. It's we love great, you, Hadley! It's a great <laughs> wild ride. And to do a little bit of a wrap-up, keep examining what your truth is. And if you have a phrase, a metaphor, a thing that you are stuck on, try disassembling that and see if it's creating walls and obstacles for you. Because sometimes it is. There's always a different point of view. Sit on the toilet backwards. Try getting dressed differently. Take a new, get your mind working in a different way and find that power, that amazing power in your mind that is active right this second, regardless of what you think it is. Mm, mm, mm. Preach, Boogie. Mm. And we'll see you guys next week, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs>